Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Hit me up on patreon.com backslash sonic cinema to uh, subscribe for early access reviews, um, special bonus content that's exclusive to patrons, uh, including a lot of content uh, with regards to this uh, day's subject on the podcast as well as uh, exclusive uh, videos and uh, commentary, such as the recent one that I did for the 1994 movie year. That's patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Once you subscribe, the first uh, the month you subscribe in is free, and that will be the next month that you would be uh, charged. So that's patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Today, I am uh, going to finish up my coverage of the 2019 Atlanta Film Festival, which ran from April 4th through April 14th. I was fortunate enough to make it to something most of the days. Unfortunately, the Wednesday and Thursday the festival went on, I was unable to, on part of me being sick with food poisoning, which... uh, Unfortunately, meant that I lost out on a couple of really uh, great films I was looking forward to, as well as a uh, sound and vision event that they uh, were partnering with midweek that I was really looking forward to taking in. But there's still plenty of content, and there's a lot of interviews and stuff like that that I'm about to share with you, so I hope you enjoy these. Um... And you can read about my full experience on sonic-cinema.com. And uh, I basically break it down with the opening night, uh, short film block, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which was devoted to uh, Georgia-produced short films. And then basically I break it into the first weekend of the festival, the week, uh, Monday through Thursday, which was unfortunately aborted, uh, shortened for me on the count of uh, being sick, and then the final weekend, Friday through Sunday. So you can read about that, and I'll have links to these those blogs uh, on the uh, post for this. But today I want to share some verbal thoughts on the festival and my first experience covering something as a member of the press. I've done Dragon Con for 10 years, but I've done that as a fan. And I I think that's kind of how I want to keep that experience. But the Atlanta Film Festival is definitely something that I really, I, I think I really want to uh, devote myself to covering every year. Uh, and Part of is the uh, copious amount of reviews. Part of is just the experience overall. And I do have to uh, give a shout-out to the organizers and the staff who did a really terrific job when it came to lineups, when it came to uh, the press for the red carpet. It was really fantastic to um, have that experience and to have it be something that I really enjoyed. And uh, hopefully next year I can build on this. And next year I'll be a little bit more experienced. I'll be able to 
do some more uh, as far as um what <coughs> as far as what I can offer uh, my uh, readers and listeners when it comes to talking about the Atlanta Film Festival. Um, today is this this episode. A lot of it is going to be uh, sharing with you the interviews, the in the brief Q and A's I was able to have with some of the filmmakers um, who were there for especially the red carpet events, which there were four, which I covered all four of them, um, and that was that was really exciting. Uh, the films that they were that the red carpet events were for were a very eclectic group, a very uh, entertaining group on the whole. Um, it started off with the opening night, um, start off with the opening night, uh, feature called The Farewell, uh, which is a comedy drama about a Chinese family whose the, uh, grandmother is dying. And they keep this from her. And uh, they basically plan a wedding as a way of uh, justifying getting the family back together. The Farewell is based on an experience of the uh, writer-director Lulu Wang um, had with her family and her grandmother. And um, there's really funny anecdotes anecdotes that... uh, occurred during the Q&A. Um, I, I, if you're a patron, you, you'll be able to hear that, I believe. I think that's on there. If not, um, I don't think, I don't remember if I got all of that uh, part of the Q&A, but there, there was a lot of fun little anecdotes that uh, came out with regards to um, the, the real-life story that this is inspired by. Uh, Lulu Wang was on the red carpet as well as the star of the m- movie, who was a last minute addition, Aquafina. Uh, you may know her from Crazy Rich Asians and Ocean's Eight last year. Uh, this, I would be surprised if this isn't a pretty big hit when it does uh, come out in wide release. It's a really entertaining, crowd pleasing movie. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite movies that I watched at the festival just in terms of pure entertainment value uh, although it does right now ran my top 10 list for the year and I had a chance to ask a couple of questions of Lulu Wang and Aquafina on the red carpet and uh, here is that for you what was the inspiration for you to make this a comedy um, well it was very funny uh, I mean I think that when it happened to me in life um, I was pretty sad, my whole family was sad, but there were moments that I just wanted to burst out laughing because it was so ridiculous. Um, and it was that sort of like wanting to laugh, uh, but then wanting to cry at the same time that inspired me. Is this your first time in Atlanta? No, I love Atlanta. My parents <laughs> live in Atlanta. Okay. My parents live in Atlanta. All right. I love Atlanta. I lived yeah. here for like two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's fun. Yeah, thanks guys. So there were a couple more red carpet um, events throughout the weekend and the first weekend of the uh, festival. And uh, but I did get a chance to s- speak to a couple of other filmmakers, one of whom uh, 
Liz Manchel, who I'm alr- I've already shared that podcast, uh, that interview with you. She uh, had the film Speed of Life there. I got to, got a chance to meet her uh, very briefly while I was in line for the movie. And uh, so you can listen to that on uh, the Sonic Cinema podcast. Um, and uh, so I won't I won't necessarily uh, can bring that uh, audio back here, but it it was a really entertaining um, discussion with her about her career, about making movies, about making this particular movie. And uh, if it does, uh, when it does get released, I do highly recommend seeing it. It's a really lovely, uh, it's a really lovely romantic drama with some sci-fi elements in it. It's 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 really fun the way she brought put that together, um, but you can listen to that entire uh, interview in the uh, Sonic Cinema podcast on the Sonic Cinema podcast YouTube page, as well as Sonic-Cinema.com. After that, uh, there was another red carpet event. Uh, this one was for Joseph Cross's directorial debut, Summer Night, and. Uh, that was that was that was an entertaining coming of age film. I'm not really uh, it's it's hard to get me intrigued by some coming of age film, but I I really enjoyed this one and it it's it's got a lot of heart to it. It's got a great uh, great soundtrack that I really enjoyed listening to, and I really like the way that Joseph Cross. Uh, shot the movie in terms of the music. I felt like it was very alive in a way that um, some people don't quite get when it comes to shooting music and concerts and stuff like that for film, uh, for narrative film. Uh, I did get a chance to speak to uh, Joseph Cross, who was there with his uh, wife, producer Audrey Thomasini, who was a first-time producer on this, and w- I was able to ask him a couple of questions about going to the director's chair. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Congratulations. Hi. Um, what was it like being a first, going from acting to directing? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I it's something that I wanted to do for a long time, so I felt very fortunate to, to finally get to do it. With... Is there any, you've worked with a lot of big directors over the years. Yeah. Is there anything in particular from any of them that you uh, took with you in terms of, is there, were there questions that you asked them while you yeah, were making I mean, I their films? All that sort of hopefully seeps in, you know, as you're working mm-hmm. with people and everybody has sort of these different styles. And I think yeah. that one of the main takeaways is you really can build your own world you know you can make a movie as you want to make a movie and because everybody works so so differently right so that's something I really noticed and then I I had spent some time working with uh, with novice filmmakers as well and I'm mm-hmm. I think of those uh, uh, experiences as, as hugely instrumental too because I got to right. see where people might stumble and where they might fall and where their struggles were and mm-hmm. talk to some friends about that um, so that was really helpful too okay uh, what was it about this story that made you want to, for it to be the first one that you told as a director? Um, I, you know, I really liked 
liked the script, and I think it was very similar to my upbringing. Mm-hmm. And um, it just felt right. It just felt like some, like a story that I could tell, that I could understand. That was enough of a challenge for the first movie, but wasn't too large in scope to get it made. Okay. Thank you very much. Can I get can I get a quick picture of you guys? So there were a couple of other uh, actors. There were a couple of actors from Summer Night there. The the first one is Hayden Setso, Seto. Um, I had a chance to spoke, speak with him on the red carpet, and uh, here's that discussion. Hello. Nice to meet you. Hayden. Very nice to meet you. What drew you to the uh, project when you read the script? I wanted to play a musician, okay. you know, and I'm a fan of the coming of age uh, genre, mm-hmm. and I love music. Um, so there were so many reasons to do it than not to. Yeah. As a few, as a musician myself, I definitely can appreciate that. Yeah. What was it like working with a uh, an actor who's turned to director? So easy, because <laughs> he just gets it. You know, like we don't need to do like a million takes of the same thing. Right. It's a lot of just, you know, does, did that feel good to you? Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, that felt good. He's like, yeah, it felt good to me too. You know, so it was very, um, it was very laid back. Yeah. Even even with a uh, first time director? For sure. For sure. Uh, and of course, you know, it, it, we just went by like our, our gut feelings a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we went with our guts a lot. Um, and, you know, he was his own producer and everything. So. Mm-hmm. He had, we, we had, a, as a unit, had a lot of creative control over what we wanted. Okay. And so we got to play a lot. And when you get to play a lot, like, you know, the cast feels laid back. And when you're laid back, you get the most natural performances of mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you have coming up next? Um, I have a movie coming out later this year called Tiger Tail for Netflix. Okay. Uh, directed by Alan Yang, starring John Cho. All right. Um, so I, 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 I very much look forward to that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much. You good very to meet you. Can I get a picture real quick? And the other actor who was there was Annalie Tipton, who's one of the lead characters in the movie. Uh, unfortunately, she was late to the red carpet, and to wait for her would meant missing part of the movie, and I really wanted to see the in- movie in its entirety. So, unfortunately, I missed her coming to the red carpet. I did get a chance to uh, talk to her briefly and tell her how much I enjoyed uh, the movie and how much I enjoyed her performance in it um, very briefly after the movie. And uh, I didn't get audio of that, but um, I I did get a chance to uh, talk to her about that, which was, and to uh, tell her how much I enjoyed the movie. So, I, I did get a chance to talk to everybody in there. And although I did get a chance to uh, talk again with Joseph Cross after the movie, and uh, here's that brief interaction. Now that I've seen the film, I wanted to say I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. It takes it takes a lot for me to really appreciate a coming-of-age movie. This is a really good one. Oh, thank you. I love the way you shot the music. How many, ti- how many takes did it take for the lemon? Uh, so, a couple times he did it in the first time, and then on the final one, I think it was the fourth take, but, you know, Ray, our, our editor and post-production and uh, supervisor, 
he was ready to do a, a CG lemon. He had a whole plan <laughs> for doing like a CG lemon. He had it on set. He was showing me how it would work. And Bill's like, I bet I can fucking get that lemon. <laughs> and sure enough, he did, man. He just that 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 was that was such fa- that was so great. I love the way that scene was cut together. It's this big setup, and it's only lasts a bit, but it's a little bit. But it was so good. It's so silly. It's yeah. fun. It's a but fun time. So yeah. I'm thank so you. Thank it. you for coming out. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. On Sunday was an interesting um, was an interesting assortment of films. A lot of them were very uh, taken from the headlines. A couple of documentaries that I saw. Uh, one narrative film, unfortunately, I did miss. Um, I it sold out uh, Sunday because it was a Georgia film based film. Um, it it sold out pretty rapidly, and they actually had an encore for Wednesday, which unfortunately I missed on the account of uh, being sick. So Reckoning is one of the few movies that I was planning on going to see that I missed. Um, Hopefully I'll get a chance to see it when it comes out in theaters, uh, if it comes out in theaters. Um, I would imagine it probably will. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I got a chance to, I didn't talk to him on the, uh, in in a tape conversation, but I did get a chance to talk to the co-director of Life Without Basketball, Timothy O'Donnell, after uh, the uh, screening of his movie, how much I liked his movie, how much um, it reminded me of Hoop Dreams, but I feel like it does its own thing. I feel like it has its own um it's its own voice, which is really, uh, really strong in terms of what it's trying to say with regards to the larger society and the societal issues that are involved in the film. And so that was good. I have his card. Hopefully I'll uh, get to have a discussion with him sometime in the future that I'll present to you on Sonic-Cinema. Um, but the big reg... The big red carpet today, uh, this on Sunday the seventh, was for uh, Joe Berlinger's upcoming Netflix drama about Ted Bundy, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Um, Berlinger was in uh, attendance. He was receiving the festival's first originator award, and I got a chance to talk to him briefly on the red carpet. And I hope you enjoy that. Hello, very nice to meet you. I'm Brian. Okay. Uh, what was it about Ted Bundy's story that inspired you to move from uh, documentaries to narrative? Well, the script I thought was fascinating, seeing things from uh, the victim's point of view, seeing things from Liz's point of view, where she did not see that he was a terrible killer. And I think that's a metaphor for my belief that the people who do the worst in life, because I've done 25 years of crime, and the people who do the worst in life uh, and the most evil are the people you least expect, whether it's a priest who commits pedophilia or somebody like Ted Bundy, who, you know, he he had a real-life live-in girlfriend who thought he was a great guy. Uh, He had a, he was a great surrogate father to the 
daughter from another, uh, you know, from Liz's relationship from you know from another relationship and so I just the script allows you to see things from a different point of view it kind of takes the serial killer genre and turns it on its head what was the biggest challenge if there was any to going from I know you've directed narratives yeah. before what was the biggest cha challenge returning to it after so long um, you know for documentary the, the name of the game for documentary is just following the story and seeing where it goes mm -hmm and not locking yourself into a preconceived idea of what the film should be, otherwise you miss the story. <laughs> With a feature, you know, you have to be very prepared and go into your day knowing what you're gonna get. In a documentary, it's just the opposite. So just figuring out that balance, you know? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Berlinger was somebody that really was uh, wanting to meet, really looking forward to meeting because of the fact that uh, the Paradise Lost trilogy that he co-directed is uh, one of my favorite documentary projects ever. And it's just one that um, has mesmerized me since I first saw it in 1996. And it's, uh, it's, it's a uh, series that fascinates me. And he also did Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Unfortunately, I do need to get caught up on a lot of his other documentary work, but after uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, I definitely want to uh, catch up with more than that, and uh, especially his uh, recent series on Ted Bundy as well. And uh, if when it hits Netflix, I definitely recommend checking out um, Extremely Wicked. It's got fantastic performances by Zac Efron as Ted Bundy and Lily Collins as the uh, as uh, Kendall, who is a woman who fell in love with him and not knowing that he was a uh, sociopathic murderer. And uh, it was it was an interesting watch i uh, definitely i definitely enjoyed uh getting the chance to cover all of those events and um it it was it was an experience that you know you you kind of see sort of but you don't really you know until you actually experience it it's it's kind of a, its own thing um you know trying to trying to figure out the best way to cover it was uh was a bit of a challenge for me with very uh, minimal means, but I, I think I did a pretty good job. And uh, so I, so that was my red carpet experience, but I, I did get a chance to, uh, there after actually my interview with uh, Liz Manichel on Monday um, afternoon while I was at home, a filmmaker who was in town for the festival emailed me um, about maybe uh, talking about their uh, episodic uh, web series, um, Who You Are, that uh, they had a couple of episodes showing in the episodic showcase at the festival. And they, they sent me the uh, pilot, which is four and a half minutes, and it's really an enjoyable... Uh, it's it's an enjoyable setup for what could be a really entertaining dark uh, 
dark um, comedy. And I got a chance to watch the film briefly, watch the film as well as uh, meet up with the uh, director, Joel Blacker, um, at the Filmmakers Lounge at the festival. And uh, here's, here's that discussion that we had. So I'm sitting here with Joel Blacker, who's the director of a uh, short, short uh, episodic uh, pilot called Who You Are at, that debuted here at the Atlanta Film Festival. Uh, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, where did the idea for Who You Are come from? Oh, geez. I wish my writer was here to talk more to that. But uh, uh, what he would say is that uh, in college, um, Sam and I have known each other for since middle school, so all mm-hmm. of 10 years. And uh, in college, he was writing at Chapman University. And he's, he would say that he's taking one too many religious studies classes and <laughs> had a bit of a panic attack about self-identity and mm-hmm. whatnot. And that kind of spurred the origins of uh, the script, the at least a soul-reading computer that can uh, tell you who you are. How many episodes have you done so far? Is it just the one? No, so we've done five episodes, uh, five, just roughly five minute, give or take, episodes. Uh, we're looking to put them online pretty soon, but uh, we uh, yeah, had our pilot play at South by Southwest, and then we had a couple episodes play here at Atlanta. Okay, uh, when did that happen? Uh, screening? Yeah. Uh, it was just on uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. Okay. And yeah, all right. Um, how was the uh, response? Oh, it was amazing. It was fantastic. <laughs> like, the room was full, which was nice. Um, There's a really great array of shows that played. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Oz is a comedy, and I, I was just thrilled that everyone laughed and had a lot of reaction to it. Um, yeah, everyone had just really great things to say about it, which was great. Yeah, you, you, you shared, uh, I'm guessing it's the first episode? Yeah, I shared the first and third episode, actually, okay. on Saturday night. Um, okay. Yeah, they're, they're a bit, uh, they're very different from one another. Um, <laughs> one's a bit like a bit more chaotic, and then one's uh, a bit more surreal. Yeah, I, I, it's it's really entertaining. I, Thank you. Th- what what you sent me was really enjoyable. Where where can people find it? So I'm hoping people follow us uh, at Who You Are series. Um, right now we're still on our festival run, but very soon here we're going to be looking to put it online and share it with people. Um, and so we're going to be uh, announcing some dates uh, very soon on our like social channels and yeah, getting it out there. Okay. Uh, how would you get into filmmaking? How did I get into filmmaking? Um, wow, it's always been a passion of mine. Um, from a young age, I was just uh, building Legos and shooting Lego films and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, I got very fortunate that my family moved to the States from England when I was 12 and we moved not far out of LA. And as I grew up, like the dream of uh, working in film just became a bit more feasible with how mm-hmm. like close I was to LA. I got to work on a couple sets, and uh, yeah, I moved to LA when I was 17, and I've just uh, been pursuing it ever since. But what are the uh, types of films and in or filmmakers that inspired you more over the years? Um, I, you know, I find I find I'm doing a lot more comedy these days, mm-hmm. and um, very dark comedy. Um, I'd always thought I'd be like a bit of a dramatic director, but then I watched <laughs> films like Shaun of the Dead that yeah. like had that very <laughs> British, blunt, um, uh, aggressive sort of humor. Um, yeah, and then a lot of music videos. I, I, I've been just loving like that music videos are back and interesting mm-hmm. again. And 
and I just see a lot of bizarre concepts come out of music videos that I think can translate into like narrative form, and so I'm trying to adopt that. Um, but yeah, like uh, Edgar Wright, another director that's yeah. inspired me over the years, of course. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is is who you are your first project that you've gotten off the ground? Um, who you are is my first episodic project. Okay. Um, as a director, I've done short films, I've done music videos, done some commercial work. Um, Sam and I have uh, worked together on a couple short films, and together um, we, we were working on Who You Are for the last five years as a sort of short film, but then we decided there's just a bigger world around the concept, mm -hmm. and we suddenly decided to start writing it as an episodic <laughs> and as a short series, and we're hoping to develop uh, the short series into a much larger show. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the potential Yeah, there. thanks. Um, yeah, I hope so. Let's see. Uh, do you have any other ideas that you're working on now? Uh, I just did a music video. I directed a music video this last week. Um, I love... Music videos keep me fresh as a director, I think. I want to just stay in that sort of realm of work. Um, Sam and I are currently writing uh, the feature version of a short film we did a couple years back, and we were on a festival circuit with that film. It's called Let's Do It. Uh, it's about a couple trying to throw an orgy, and uh, they invite all the wrong people, and it turns into a clusterfuck <laughs> of people. And uh, it, it's a fun, like, uh, dark comedy again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we did a, some great, like, comedy festivals with that, and now we're hoping to do the feature. Um, and, and then, too, we're also just building on this show, Who You mm -hmm. Are, a bit more. So that's sort of where my feature lies. Where can people uh, find you online to catch up? Keep up? Yeah, I, I, I would love for people to hunt me down. Um, I, I always tell people to please reach out. Um, I'm on anything social, um, at Joel J. Blacker, J-A-Y is my middle name, at Joel J. Blacker, um, or go to my website, joelblacker.com. Okay. Yeah, that's where I put all my work. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. I appreciate this. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't get a chance to meet and talk to a whole bunch of filmmakers, unfortunately, uh, especially for interview purposes. I did get a chance to, I did uh, talk to a couple filmmakers after the uh, Rebels in the Rye short film block on Tuesday. I... Uh, a couple of the ones that really, uh, really stood out to me on that. Um, the director and star of In Defense of Wonder, which is about a woman dealing with anxiety after a tra traumatic experience, as well as The Boogie Woman, which is sort of, which has elements of David Lynch, but also elements of like 80s teen horror. And, uh, both both of those filmmakers, I wanted to uh, let them know that I really appreciated their work, and I got a chance to, uh, you know, just say that a little bit after the uh, Q and A, and uh, so that was that was a uh, fun experience uh, before my uh, next screening that day. So, <coughs> unfortunately, there weren't too many other. Uh, filmmakers I did get a chance to talk to, but there was one more, and was for the uh, closing uh, closing night uh, screening of Them That Follow, which is a film about um, Pentecostal snake handlers, a community of Pentecostal snake handlers, starring Olivia Coleman, 
and uh, Walton Goggins, and it is a tremendous movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, it is truly one of my favorite movies and one of the best movies I saw at the, uh, at the um, festival. And I got a chance to talk to the uh, co-director of the film, uh, Dan Savage, before the film, and uh, here's that discussion. What was the inspiration behind the film? Ooh, uh, the inspiration behind the film actually, I have had a lifelong fascination with Pentecostal snake handling, if you can believe that. You know, when I, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, in the northern stretches of the Appalachian Mountains, um, and I remember a very long time ago, you know, when I was a young boy, learning about the stories of snake handlers being bitten and and gathering around communities to pray. And, and truthfully, it scared me and it really terrified me. Um, and as I grew older, I saw more and more of these stories in the news and it just it hooked its fangs into me. And I needed to know more about these folks. I needed to know why they come and, and sit in the church on every Sunday, why they pick up these snakes. And for me, it was just a real challenge to, to empathize and understand with these folks. And, and as I began to progress in my own journey and my own feelings towards mm -hmm. these, towards these churches, I wanted to take audiences on that same journey, and so that was really what this film's about for me. Okay. What was it like working with uh, people like Olivia Williams and uh, Walter Goggins on your first time out, I, feature director? You know, <laughs> I'm speechless. I mean, Olivia Coleman uh, is one of the greatest actresses of all time. She is a joy to work with. It was an honor, um, an honor that I hope to have again, but really our entire cast was incredible. Olivia, Walton Goggins, Jim Gaffigan, Caitlin Deaver, Alice Engler, Thomas Mann, Lewis Pullman, you know, they made my job really easy. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Can't wait to see it tonight. Uh, thank you, I really appreciate it. I think I mentioned it earlier, if I didn't. Um, between narrative, between short films and features, I saw a total of 49 movies at the Atlanta Film Festival. And uh, that was... You know, un unfortunately, it it took me uh, being sick Wednesday and Thursday took me out of the ring for seeing fifty as well as a uh, couple of choices made throughout the uh, first week weekend after um, summer night where I was just uh, too tired to sit and uh, too hungry and too tired to uh, again to go into the uh, couple of uh, screenings after uh, Summer Night that I uh, had originally planned on doing. So there, so totally, I, I would have liked to have gotten to 50, but, you know, I, I feel like I had a pretty full experience when I came to the film festival as far as movies go. Um, some of my favorites I've already talked about a little bit in the uh, written blogs as well as uh, other posts. The the best films that I saw at the festival, short or uh, feature, um, were Willem Bosch's uh, Afterlife, which is a uh, film from the, the Netherlands and is about a uh, girl who dies a year after her mother did, and... She has a choice to make when it comes to whether she wants to stay in the afterlife with her 
mother and the rest of her family or go back to the go back to living her life and there's a uh, trick to and there's a catch to that choice um it's it's one of it's easily my favorite movie i saw this uh during the festival it was the next to the last day it was right before them that follow relatively right before them that follows and uh it was it was just such a uh wonderful experience and it was such a fascinating look at life and death and it's a uh movie that really had an impact on me uh willem uh bosch after i when i talked about after I uh, posted that on on Twitter, he actually reached out to me via um, message, uh, direct message, and uh, you know it was it was nice to have a little bit of a back and forth with him on that. And uh, you can find the review for that on Sonic-Cinema.com. Um, other movies that I really uh, loved were Them That Follow, as far as narrative, as far as feature films, Them That Follow, uh, Always in Season, which is a documentary about lynching, which is tremendous and really important to watch, I think, nowadays, because we still have not really, we, we still have not had the uh, reckoning with the past with the uh, violent past uh, and systemic racism that this country was built on. And uh, I think Always in Season is a really great uh, film as far as opening that conversation and showing that these issues may not be as blatantly open as they once were, but they're still... uh, they're still going on, and it's something that we really need to deal with as a society. And so Always in Season was uh, fantastic. Speed of Life was a, uh, was a lovely uh, romantic drama, and uh, it, you can hear, hear my discussion with Liz Manichelle, and you can tell how much the film meant to her uh, talking about when we were talking about uh, the farewell is such an entertaining and uh, is and moving film, and it's it's it it's a really great crowd pleaser, and I can't wait for crowds to audiences to see it. I think it's going to be one that's a big hit. Um, the Fourth Kingdom uh, is a documentary feature that I'd actually reviewed the short for. And it's basically about a uh, recycling center in New York, and it's about the community within that recycling center. And it's just very, it's it's a fascinating look at society on the fringes and a community that um, builds up out of um, a a smaller community, and it's really. Quite a compelling story. I highly recommend checking that out. Um, and I have to say, probably the movie that had the, as far as short films, uh, there was a uh, an animated feature, an animated short in the uh, first in the uh, short film block, uh, the Georgia short film block, um, 
Griffin animo that was just stunning to watch visually speaking and tells a very tender and personal uh, fantasy t- story. And uh, that was that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, probably my next favorite short film is one called Evelyn Times Evelyn. And it's set in Texas in the uh, 1950s. And it's basically dealing with loss. It's basically dealing with grief and how that can manifest with, um, with people. And it's such a wonderful concept. It's such an interesting concept. Uh, if you get a chance to watch it, I definitely recommend it. It's, it's, it's the way that the uh, filmmakers tell that story is really striking and really interesting and uh, really effective for what it's trying to do. Um, the, last, uh, the last feature review that I wrote for the film festival was for a uh, film called Monos and it's you can read the review it's really uh it it was something that I had to sue on it was something I had to uh uh sit with for a while because of just how different and how interesting uh it was but and how complicated it uh it is in terms of um, what it's trying to do and how I felt like it did or didn't do what want wanted to do, and uh, that that's one that I definitely would recommend checking out too. I kind of want to see it again to see how I feel about it the second time around. Um, but it was interesting because that reaction, like there was no reaction after that movie, like nobody clapped or something like that, which is standard at screenings film festival screenings, but nobody clapped at that one. I don't think it's just because of the fact that it was a 10 o'clock showing and it was 10 o'clock on a Friday night, but I, it, it's, it's a difficult movie to process, and uh, I, I definitely, there's something about those type of experiences that are always interesting to have. So uh, those were the movies that stood out to me during the festival. Um I I definitely want to try do this again next year. I I got a lot out of the experience in addition to just um the wealth of movies and the different movies that I saw. Um just the experience of talking to some of these filmmakers, being able to see their films, talk about them with their films with them. And uh, just just to experience just the experience in general, and hopefully I won't get sick. And I know more now, so it's like I can uh, do things a bit differently to maybe prevent that. And uh, I that's that's all I have to say about the Atlanta Film Festival right now. I hope you enjoyed the content that I uh, had. Again, all of the reviews, all the blogs are on Sonic Cinema. And uh, thank you very much. This is Brian Scuttle. Uh, We're going to be continuing with the class of 1999 here uh, with a couple of um, bigger entries into the uh, movie year. And uh, as well, there are going to be some other ones that uh, come out. So I hope you enjoy that. Thank you very much. This is Brian Scuttle for the Sonic Cinema Podcast. (laughs) 